Hello, you're listening to Underscore, a podcast by the Chicago Graphic Design Club, dedicated to bring you conversations with Chicago's creative leaders. On this podcast, we'll explore the craft, theory, and practice of graphic design, plus discuss bold ideas that push the boundaries of what's possible and ways in which we can create a more thoughtful and inclusive community. To learn more about us, visit our website at www chicagographicdesign.club or find us on social media. Special thanks to the Chicago band 80 Slang for our theme music. Hello, today I am your host Christian Solorzano and I am honored to be speaking with the designer Francis. Although they are no longer based out of Chicago, they still have Chicago roots that run deep. According to their website, and I quote, Francis is not some new studio that is going to give you some fluff and horrible marketing language or the standard about page. Francis isn't a fancy studio. It's not even a studio. Maybe someday. Right now, it's just an idea of someone or something who wants to do good work, who is sick of trends and everything looking the same who takes the time and wants to make something worthwhile with creativity. That's it. If you visit their website or social media, you might ask yourself, who is Francis? The answer is simple. It doesn't matter. They put graphic design before their their identity. If you look at the work of Francis, you'll see a significant element of an analog process. Their aesthetic is messy, perfectly imperfect, complex, and human. And I encourage you to check out their website at www.francis.design. So let's get started. Hi, Francis. Welcome. Hello. Thanks. Thanks for having me. So, um, so you're somewhat of a mystery, which I think is great. I want to hear about how you got involved in graphic design. Um, I want to hear the story of Francis. How did Francis become Francis? Man, that's a good question. So graphic design by way of college. So I went to the University of Illinois in Chicago back in the mid-90s. And that was a great, great program. You know, we learned all the foundational courses, anything from graphic design, industrial design, painting, drawing, sculpture, photography. I mean, you name it. And graphic design was the thing that that stuck. I was originally going to go into industrial design, but I think just given my fine arts background, graphic design was the was the way to go. I just instantly fell in love with it. And what were what were some of the um like what were some of the things that you learned when you were going to school in the mid nineties? What was that? What was the curriculum like? Or, or 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 I guess a better question would be: Were there any significant moments um during your education that sort of paved the way for who who you've become today? Yeah, that's a good question. So UIC back then in the 90s was really, really focused on modernism, Swiss graphic design, grids, you know, Paul Rand, Mueller Brockman, Armin Hoffman, like all those guys. And that was the foundational course. And we we didn't even touch a com- computer for the first two years as a student. So it was this foundation of very, very strict graphic design principles, but the problem was, you know, in the 90s, postmodernism was was huge and 
this is when you know david carson was starting to explode so just imagine being you know a 20 year old kid and like trying to go through this this era of the 90s and it was it was phenomenal so it was this this crazy hybrid of very strict graphic design very swiss graphic design mm -hmm. but then the exact opposite aesthetic thrown at you got it and and when would you say um francis was born francis i don't think was born until 2017 november 1st is the exact date okay november 1st 2017 and right. and what were how what, what were some of the things that gave birth to francis um what were i, I want to hear about what were the ingredients that went into the recipe um that produces a lot of awesome work a lot of great work for the past you know five years now almost six yeah that's a these are good questions. So I think I think <laughs> what really started Francis was I was just so sick of like everything having to be a certain way. And I was mm -hmm. struggling myself with following the rules, trying to fit within a certain label or genre or time period of arts or time period of graphic design. And it wasn't until I actually told myself that just this is this sucks. This is just awful. Like, I don't care about any of this stuff. I don't care what anybody thinks about anything that I make. I don't care what they think about me. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to do really, really good graphic design. And that was it. And as long as I just focused on the work and I don't mm -hmm. care what anybody else thought. And I think that was the the whole foundation for, for Francis. Yeah. I was really struggling to, to fit in into the Chicago design community. Mm -hmm. And did it take some, I mean, if Francis was born in 2017, was it already an idea like years before then? Or was it like, like what, what led up to 2017? I know you mentioned a little bit about just like your frustration with, with mm. the way, you know, design was going and whatnot. But um, was it something that you've always wanted to do? And then finally you said, all right, you know what? I've thought about it long enough. I'm finally going to do it. Yeah. I mean that yeah, that's pretty much it. Sorry yeah. to cut you off. That was really rude. But but yeah, I think that I think that's it. I think it was it was essentially a plan for the decade. I just didn't really know or I didn't even I needed to convince myself first that this was correct and this is mm -hmm. what I this is what really what I was all about. So it took a while. It took a while to fail and try and mm -hmm. You know, there's this there's this comedian Ricky Gervais. He he didn't get famous until he was later in life. And I remember him saying to his wife, "Like, what if this happened when I was younger?" And she mm -hmm. said something along the lines of, "It it wouldn't have been the same. It wouldn't have been successful." So I think yeah. it's it's very similar to that. You have to go through these motions and find your own voice. Yeah, and one of the things that I really love about Francis is that unlike other. Um, other designers or studios or agencies or whatever, um, Francis appears to not take, like Francis doesn't take themselves too seriously. And there's this big elements of dark humor that goes into the work. And I would say that um, I, I, I experience your work on Instagram, on social media. And I would say that often the visuals are, are great like i think i think you you've you do you do a good job there and, and everything you always produce is always surprising 
but I also really love um, your captions and the way that you talk about your work. And I think that's something that I've, I've seen, I guess I've seen maybe sometimes designers take, um, take the way that they speak about their work a little bit too seriously. Oh yeah. For sure. um, so I'll, I'm going to read one of your, one of your Instagram captions for your uh, quarter one financial report, which uh, you tend to do. And sometimes you forget to do them. Um, but yep. you you find a way to make fun of yourself for, for not doing them in a timely fashion. Can't wait for this one. <laughs> so this one is from, let's see, it's from April 17th. So Francis said, a little late, but I don't care. Here is Francis's quarter one financial report. The short version, zero clients, zero revenue, a lot of debt. <laughs> Great. Things are looking up. <laughs> There might be a new client next quarter. This reminds me, I'm way overdue on sending them sketches. That also reminds me of this guy I knew named Phil who would always mess something up. It wouldn't matter what it was. Phil would figure out a way to screw it up. You could leave him in a room all by himself with literally nothing else in the room, come back in six minutes, and he'd have Mountain Dew all down the front of his shirt. <laughs> but you didn't leave him with Mountain Dew, and there was no way for him to even get the Mountain Dew but sure enough, he'd be covered in neon yellow. Um, and then you talk a little bit about um, the the process and the mediums. And in this case, uh, six by eight inches or close. I don't feel like measuring it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. That was, I, that was a nice one. And I, and I and I just I I feel like the the way Francis talks about the work almost breaks the continuity of a lot of what I see on my social media feed. So I'll be scrolling down and I'll just be looking at, you know, beautiful work. Um, sometimes with captions, sometimes without, but I think yeah. your, your, your way of storytelling um, just really adds another element to the work. So yeah. can you just walk us through like how, like what's the <laughs> sure. relationship between the dark humor and the work and, and, yeah, yeah, just yeah. how does that work? So real quick, I think that's a really good example. So I started making these quarterly reports as posters because, again, going back to my education, the annual report design was a huge, huge challenge. It was like this massive, massive thing in the 90s where you had to learn how to set type. So I always thought about like, oh, it'd be really cool if you just turn quarterly reports into posters. And because I'm a one-person shop that works off of donations not even invoices that I'm like, well i'm not gonna make any money or be successful whatsoever so i might as well have some fun with it and i think that's kind of where like the whole idea of the caption and storytelling kind of mm -hmm. comes in. i don't do that all the time it's just sometimes when i'm you know at the bar and i had a couple beers i try to you know mm -hmm. think about whatever it is i'm it's on my mind on the flip side i think a dark humor like that's a really good point i think obviously depression is like a huge part of my life. And I think that that comes across in the design. And I mm -hmm. think it's, it's important to take these moments that go on throughout your life and turn them into something beautiful. So no matter how like horrible things are going, there's always an opportunity to to create something beautiful out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I, I like that. Cause, cause I would say some of your, some of the, some of the pieces that you have, like they tend to go from, some of them appear to be like quite serious, whereas other ones are a little bit more, a little bit, I guess, lighthearted. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, you never really know like what's real, what's true, what's mm-hmm. not. And and do you find that this entire idea of um, not really focusing on things like profits or you know having to work really hard to get clients do you, do you find this this way of working to be almost a little bit liberating because um, it seems like you almost yeah. have no expectations of yourself yeah. other than just create good work and that's it that's actually 100 percent correct that's exactly mm-hmm. what it is like okay. if i'm not doing great work then i'm just not happy i'm just one of those people mm-hmm. and but it's also hypocritical in a way like you've had you've had really good speakers and you know, between Segura and Bob Zenny and some others that have been through it and they've, you know, tried to get all these clients and gone through it and they know exactly what it takes to be successful in mm-hmm. having a career in design. So I think it's it's easy for me to say I'm not going to care about any of that stuff and just focus on the work. But on the flip side, that's that's the whole point of it. Like that's that's what makes mm-hmm. me happy is doing graphic design. So mm-hmm. whatever happens, happens from it. Because you're literally doing what people say to do, which is to do what you love. And you are doing that. Yeah, <laughs> like, trying. It's trying really hard. Very I simple. do have a client right now. I'm doing this logo for this this motorcycle touring. Mm-hmm. And it's coming out awful. So I'm about, I'm like really close to just saying, here you go. And just not writing him back ever again. <laughs> <laughs> he's a good guy and all, but like, he's just too hands on. So. Yeah. Like that's kind of where the whole donation thing comes in like Segura's got a great on his whole manifesto you know mm-hmm. but it's it's sort of similar it's like if I'm not doing good work then I don't want to do it and it's that yeah. it's that black and white so yeah. I'm right at that point okay. and how do you um so for example when you're working with with a client's um do you do, I'm, I'm I'm assuming they're aware of you know the philosophy of of Francis and sort of what Europe represents. And yeah, yeah and... that's my very first thing. I just tell them I have a hundred percent creative freedom. If you don't like it, that's fine. We can part ways and it'll probably be better anyway. Okay. And and what are what, what's what's the what, what do clients are clients I'm 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 guessing if they choose to work with you then you know yeah pretty cool. Yeah that's it. yeah getting back to the whole quarterly report like that's probably why I make zero dollars a quarter. <laughs> you know <laughs> like that i don't have a lot of people knocking on my door for yeah kind of you know dark depressive analog messy mm-hmm. you know uh, i don't know what it is but yeah, yeah it's not very profitable christian <laughs> well you seem to be doing just fine you're you're able to get on zoom to have this conversation so um thanks it's my grandma's <laughs> Zoom account but thank you you have internet access somehow <laughs> Um, so, um, do you mind if we talk a little bit about your, um, what your website calls the brand pillars, which right after that, you say, we don't have brand pillars. We have seven deadly sins instead of, instead of some about everything we stand for. That sounds like every other company here is everything that we're nuts. (laughs) And then I'll read them. Um, accessibility. Best practices, compromise, design thinking, disruptions, trends, and user testing. This is going well. Yeah. So essentially, 
you know, I got really fed up with all these like buzzwords about design and I was getting really, really, really discouraged on how even the word design was becoming trendy. Mm-hmm. And it was driving me crazy. So I kind of just thought about these seven deadly sins for mm-hmm. graphic design or graphic design as I knew it from the, you know, mid nineties and early two thousands. Mm-hmm. So that's where those brand pillars slash seven deadly sins came in. And mm-hmm. You know, to be totally frank, you mentioned the design thinking one. Like, that's one of my favorite posters I think I've ever made. Mm-hmm. It took me about six tries. And then I think I finally got it right. Yeah. It was all black and white. But, but yeah, that's that was like the whole mantra. It's like, we don't do any of these buzzwords. Like, I can't stand any of that mentality. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole point. Like, so Francis's slogan is graphic design for outcasts. And it's kind of, you know, it's like, it's playful and it's fun, but it's also true. Like, we don't want to, like fall into any of those categories or any of those trends or buzzwords and Mm -hmm. yeah that's what it's about Mm -hmm. and have you so since 2017 that you've been that you know francis has been existing um how has like what's that evolution have been have been like for you um just as francis how do you how, how how have you evolved or any lessons along the way that's a good question i think the evolution i think i've done more analog work lately okay i've done more pieces where i'm less worried about you know the the swiss side of perfection and lining things up and grid lines and things like that i've, I've been a little bit more free mm-hmm. um i think the past couple of years i've also been re- trying really really hard on the conceptual idea behind the design so it's not just something mm-hmm. pretty and like you know old grunge from 1998 but you know there's a whole story behind it as well mm-hmm. and how do you and and a lot of the work that you do um from what i see tends to be self-initiated so mm-hmm. um for example i have one pulled up right now from may 13th of 2022 and it's um and it's about a horse and the, the it's, scary yeah and the <laughs> caption is have you ever noticed that horses have horrible names they're essentially just sentence fragments or pieces of crap poetry written by a five-year-old anyways this is gary he's fast and brownish um so that's really good looking i don't know (laughs) and um so yeah just walk 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 us through um yeah how do you how do you go from yeah how do you how do you start one of these things do you do you you, did you see a horse did you hear the name gary did you have a dream like how do how, how do a lot of these projects come to fruition because i think and maybe maybe you've seen this in our industry um, is that sometimes people struggle with doing the kind of work that they want to be doing. And I think sometimes it's up to you to make that work happen. Right. So, so I always look up to, I always look up to people like Carlos Segura, for example, who is one of our guests is he doesn't wait for permission from someone to tell him, Hey, you know, make this awesome poster. He will just, give himself some sort of problem statement and then get to work. So what is it like for you? That's that's exactly it. So again, not to be hypocritical, but sometimes like I have the freedom to do that, you know, Mm -hmm. or, or as if you're a design studio, you have to worry about your 
your bills and your overhead and your staff and clients and deadlines and legal fees and all that. And I just don't have any of that stuff because I just don't want to deal with it. I just want to, mm-hmm. I just don't want to deal with the work. So in, in the terms of, in the case of Gary, rather, I think I was probably sitting at a bar watching the Kentucky Derby and just realizing how much I just can't stand the Kentucky Derby. And that's mm-hmm. probably what sparked it. But I think to answer your question, I just, I'm one of those people that has random thoughts and random ideas like all the time. And mm-hmm. I'm always writing them down. I've always got a notebook. I'm always scribbling them out. Mm-hmm. And I just love thinking about like, oh, that could be a cool project, you know, or like that could be a cool poster. So things like Gary probably started from a seed just like that. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of evolved into like, all right, what what would it look like? And then what the, what might the type look like? So you usually think about typography first. Okay. Got it. And and what is that? Um and and I, I'm always very curious to to learn about what people's um, process and their routine are like, and also just overall, like, what is what is a day? What is what is the perfect day for Francis? Um, yeah, I don't know. I think you know, process is a tricky word. I've always tried to stay away from it, but because everybody's got their own and you, you can't define it, but process mm-hmm. needs a definition. I just don't think it's possible because, you know, we're creatives and we're designers and we sometimes work at three o'clock in the morning or six o'clock in the morning or inside or outside. So it doesn't make, there's just no way to, to paint that picture, I think. But mm-hmm. for me, it's just like thinking about a strange idea or something unique and mm-hmm. something that means something to me or a story I want to tell. And then, trying to think about the concept behind that and i think i like to also like write the same idea over and over again so let's Mm -hmm. say let's take gary like gary is a horse but if you keep writing that sentence over and over in different ways or metaphors Mm -hmm. or you know or or different adjectives that represent gary you start coming up with a conceptual idea yeah then that conceptual idea starts to take form in your color scheme your type like the materials you use so I guess my process is just trying to take a, a pencil and paper and think through ideas with words first until mm-hmm. they start to make something in my head and then I I'll sketch it. it. Yeah. I'll sketch it out. And what's your relationship with, um, with a computer? Cause everything seems to be pretty analog. I think aside from the fact that you use a computer to share this work, um, mm-hmm. yeah. How, how, yeah, sure. So I think, I think for me, again, I hate to keep talking about my past, but we didn't touch a computer in design school until our second year. So we went through all this analog works. You know, we, we had wax machines and cut paper and we would learn about kerning from actually moving letters back and forth with paper. And then we would re-wax it and re-put it on. And mm-hmm. We had a, a whole letterpress machine and we'd be holding lead type. So we would learn about you know, all the elements that make up type design through physical specimens. Mm-hmm. So I think that's just come through in all the work that I do now. It's just, it's just to me, it's the same. So I, there's just something fascinating to me about the different textures and the fact that they're real. Mm-hmm. So I put them together and then I scan them and then I bring them into the computer afterwards. But that's not always the case. So I, I also, I mean, I do a ton of, you know, work on the computer, mostly Illustrator. Yeah. Um, 
that last like Hiroshima poster, for example, it's all all computer. But then the mm -hmm. one right before it, this other logo for this other client is just ink and paper and a ruler and a mm -hmm. scanner. Got it. That's a lot. Um, and what about um? So so you're so you you sort of combined these these technologies. You you work analog and you also work on the computer. And I recently saw that you um that you created um something using artificial intelligence mid-journey oh yeah Jeez. and that's and that's something that i think a lot of designers have been talking about a lot lately is and it's just this idea of craft and and how tools like mid-journey today are now able to generate really creative outputs mm -hmm. with very little efforts in very yeah. little time yeah I mean, that's a whole entire show. So I don't know if you want to go down that road, but, you know, for that particular one, I just wanted to, I just want to try it out and see if I couldn't make type by using prompts and keywords and things like that. So, mm -hmm. so I'm trying to stay as optimistic as possible on that one. It's like, you could be really pessimistic and negative and think about it as the device of everything that we do. But mm -hmm. on the flip side, you could figure out how to use it just like another tool just like everything else mm -hmm. you know i mean if mid-journey takes off i'm still gonna have an exacto knife and glue and paper and paint it's just something that i love to do and i think it gives a certain quality or aesthetic to the work that i don't think you can replicate with things like ai today mm -hmm. yeah so you're not you're not necessarily you don't you don't I, i've heard from you know, just reading articles and, and hearing designers talk about this, but do you, do you feel at any, at, by any means like threatened by um, like things like artificial intelligence? Do you feel like it's. No, 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 not me. I think, I think what makes me unique or Francis unique is the idea and the ability to make something from nothing. And the mm -hmm. thing about AI is it's scanning and scanning and scanning prompts, you know, mm -hmm. from everything that's out there mm -hmm. and making something from it. Yeah. And that's something that I just think that having a human brain is, is the benefit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, I, still gonna, it's still gonna be your own. If you have a concept, an idea, like I, that's, that's your winning point. Mm -hmm. This is just to me, it's just like another way to execute on it. But without yeah. an idea, there's, there's not much there's not much there it's like you were saying to uh, carlos the other day about all of his logos having a very very like very smart idea behind them and i think your response was of course it's that it couldn't be anything else mm -hmm. i think that is really important in very good graphic design without that concept it's just it's just anything it's just you know the, into the sea of sameness as i like to call it yeah but I do think that um, I don't know because I and 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 you and I were talking about this not too long ago. But there's there's certain um, design studios or or designers that that create, for instance, wonderful brand identities for 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 their clients. Mm -hmm. and, and sometimes these identities look great and they work and they they function well and the client is pleasing all that kind of stuff but then 
there's there's almost like this like i was mentioning to you like it's it, it appears that sometimes designers design for other designers yeah. um yeah. and i think and i think if you if if you were to and again i don't know too much about how ai works mm -hmm. but i do feel like at a point you might be able to let's say say um you know create a branding for a healthcare company that specializes in uh i don't know medicine for children based right. out of california right. gonna look the same yeah and it'll and it'll look beautiful and it'll yeah. look great and it could probably win awards um yeah. and i actually want to talk to you about awards um in just a bit but before we transition to that um yeah just what do you think about that like just the, this idea of yeah i think that's a great question i think the answer is the fact that the world today in my opinion clients today are willing to accept the average it's mm -hmm. very like your your example of healthcare logos like yeah, you can already see them in your head as you hear these words you already mm -hmm. know what it's going to look like and the fact that corporations and the world today is okay with it is a detriment i think to the industry but it's also up to us to designers to push the envelope and don't make that logo that you know is going to be approved by a client you need to push yourself you shouldn't be making something that you know the client's going to accept so you can just move on to the next one like that's that sucks like that's not fun at all and that's really boring but i think that's what's feeding into this whole concept of trends which you know don't get me started on but mm -hmm. that's what makes things like ai successful because they look at all these same 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 over and over and they can just replicate it mm -hmm. and then a client says yeah that's fine and yeah then you get paid and you move on and yeah. that's why we have shit design today <laughs> and 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 one of the things that uh I remember you created um, last year, actually, is um, you created a, I guess you could say, uh, not not an award, but you created a little logo that reads winner oh. of nothing. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and you wrote, when you do good work, finally get up enough time, finally get up enough time, courage and money to enter and don't win anything because of some snotty jackass. Well, I get it. <laughs> this logo is free on the site so if you're like me go ahead and pop this bad boy on your resume um made with ink sadness paper crumbled and scanned awards are awards are tricky because it's almost like nature of the beast and who doesn't want to win an award i think that's yeah. just human nature like they they say the same thing about the grammys you know because the grammys are such like a weird corporation pop music just gets mm -hmm. whoever most popular gets the award but like what musician doesn't want to win a grammy yeah I mean, not all but you know what i mean i think design is is similar and i think like listening to your other podcast like a couple days ago the one with bob mm -hmm. he said something really smart I, I don't know if it was in reference to the sta but he was saying that like all the entries had their names covered up and they were just judged on the work themselves and he had the story of some designer all up in arms and he didn't win anything Mm -hmm. but i think we need i think we need more of that i think we just need to focus on what the actual work is and if an award comes through it you know so be it it's it's, it's part of the business mm -hmm. yeah there that, that reminds me of um because I, I know there's been there's been some musicians who have refused to be 
to get any nominations for any sort of awards because yeah. they feel so um, connected to their music that they don't want to subject their music to a competition. I know what you're saying, but I think the flip side of that coin is typically from my experience, judges of awards show tend to be other designers. Yeah. So the saving grace is you're being judged amongst your peers. So mm-hmm. there's something I like about that too. Um, I do think Bob had a great idea with the name coverage thing. I think some of the, I mean, you, you know, the word, the awards rather around the, mm-hmm. the city or the industry and they're the same names coming up every single year. And I think that's really frustrating for younger designers that are trying to do their best and trying to experience and, and just get shit on because of some. Mm-hmm. So what do you say? What do you ever, what would Francis ever um, subject themselves to, to a competition? Yeah, sure. Why not? Okay. I mean, I don't, I don't think I will, mm-hmm. but maybe. Okay. I think I don't know. I really like that last poster I just did. Yeah. About that movie Hiroshima. I'm like, man, that was really smart. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk myself up or anything, but I mean, it, but yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Like, I'm halfway through my career, and I feel like awards are totally fine. I just don't know if that's me. I just don't know if I care. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. And um, another question that I have for you is like you said, you're, you're always, you're always carrying a notebook and you're almost always just vigilant about any idea that might, that might pop out of nowhere. Um, Mm -hmm. do do you have any specific, um, like things that you go to for inspiration or, or how does, how does inspiration play a role in the work that you're doing? Um, yeah, uh, I, I don't know man that question i i don't know i always say there there i just feel like inspiration is the world around you it's your life it's everything yeah. you experience there is no mm-hmm. there's no source of inspiration it's something yeah. that like drives me absolutely crazy it's like when mm-hmm. someone say like needs to go to dribble to find something you know that they're like oh i'm just in a rut so i'm gonna go to dribble like the best thing that's ever gonna happen is you're gonna start by copying someone else like that's yeah. what's gonna come out of doing that so for me it's i like to just turn everything off and just go experience the world that sounds so cheesy and so cliche but i think there's like beauty in the most random things like textures on a wall for some reason i start taking photos of these stupid textures and i was like what is this person doing and i'm just like really close to like this corner like this old brick or something I'm like oh this looks awesome yeah but i think that's it i think it's just getting out and turning off your phone and just trying to mm-hmm. absorb everything. Plus there's also life. Like life has these milestone moments of extreme loss and heartbreak and then beauty and, and mm-hmm. love. And there's just so much that you can make out of just being alive. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I also, I, I guess I apologize for asking you that question. Cause I also feel that way when, when I, when I'm asked that question, um, but yeah, I think it's just, I, I think it's just, it's an interesting question because I think everyone has a different response to it. Um, but I agree. I think inspiration is everything. And I think as long as you think that it's only in one particular space, you sort of other yourself 
from from everything yeah it's the same with the process like it, it just it's just too hard to define yeah like you are the process like when you you know when you're brushing your teeth like that's that's the process <laughs> you know <laughs> it is though <laughs> you're right if you yeah if you if you slip on the yeah if you slip in the bathroom you hit your head that's yeah. part of the process you're probably not gonna be i don't know all right <laughs> <laughs> anyways um so uh so you talked a little bit about your most recent project um your poster um what are some of the what what are some of your favorite projects that you've worked on over the past uh yeah just good question share i did well i did this one poster that was not successful Mm -hmm. and i don't know how many times i tried it here i'm gonna try to find it for you but the copy was something along the lines of a stomach on fire and a scalp full of acne. Mm-hmm. And I just was like working and working and working on it. And it's still, it's just not, not good. But I love the fact that I tried it. And I love the fact that it, it's not that good, but you know, it was an idea and I gave it a shot. I think, you know, some of my favorites the spread I did for 46 Pages Magazine, I think, was a lot of fun. So I wrote the whole story of Francis mm-hmm. as a literal narrative. And then I wrote a made-up story next to it in poetry. Mm-hmm. And I used maps and music. And I had a corresponding Spotify playlist that as you read this this design piece and the story of Francis... Mm-hmm. you could like solve all these clues and i even was like saying like oh man like let me know if you figure out where francis escaped the law from and how he crossed the border and i'll mail you out all this like printed printed work that i did and like <laughs> man i didn't hear like anything <laughs> really yeah but that was one of my favorite things and yeah i did another whole series uh for ultraviolet magazine based off the seven deadly sins mm-hmm. i really liked just getting back to that just you know it was just straight helvetica we had like these certain rules about it but it was just Mm -hmm. a blast like working with like these old materials like tape and and i don't know that to me is just a lot of fun i don't really care or know so much about how it's gonna end up but sometimes the end result is just it's just a blast yeah do this other thing where i try to do like this this theme i call punk rock saturdays where you remake old punk flyers or make Mm -hmm. punk flyers that are mixed with you know non-existent acts um that's a lot of fun because it's quick it's not perfect but you're doing design and you can get it done in a few hours and sometimes it comes out beautiful yeah you know there there, and and i think sometimes you also like to play or mess mess with 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 the viewer because i remember you did a um you did a uh a series about cars iconic car iconic cars and music videos oh, yeah. and you yeah. did it and and you and you did one on guns and roses yeah. and the you included like a little excerpt in in the in the piece um and there was the the way that you wrote it um made me feel like i was going insane because <laughs> there's a lot of typos but very subtly to the point where it's like yeah this was not intentional but then they just kept happening and then 
the sentences eventually started to not make any sense. Yeah. Um, well, I think for that, I put those two text boxes together and then I like overlapped them. That was like this trick that Basquiat used to do. I think I forgot that writer, um, but he used to like cut up type and then move them together and that would give him inspiration. This is Basquiat the painter. Yeah. But I was kind of trying to do something like that where, like you said, going crazy or having, you know, these different points of view yeah um, that's what i was trying to go with it but i found this other designer that does these crazy ar car things with mm -hmm. prints and it's like the most beautiful work i'm like man i'm never gonna <laughs> i'm never gonna do this any any justice whatsoever yeah but it was fun yeah and um so so you 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 seem to really be um connected to your graphic design roots from 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 the 90s when when you when you went to college um, but but is there anything today that um, and just going back to this 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 buzzword or like this word that neither of us like, but is there anything today specifically, anything contemporary, any designers or any sort of e even non-visual mediums um, mm -hmm. that are inspiring the work that you do or that you that you feel very drawn to? Um, you sort of mentioned right now this this designer that uses AR, you know, on projects, yeah. but. Is there anything specifically that you've seen, um, perhaps even from like a newer generation of designers that sort of oh yeah for sure your attention? Yeah, my generation is easy. I think you know, like I was saying, we studied under the you know the modernist designers, so the Vignelli and mm -hmm. just all those guys, and then in the postmodern world, like we started learning about pentagram and polisher and album design like some of my some of my heroes of graphic design i think are wim crawl or vim however you want to say his first name but then also guys like vaughn oliver you know mm -hmm. back when the the pixies covers are obviously like his most iconic work but just imagine you know being 18 through 20 in the 90s and and seeing this stuff for the first time and mm -hmm. getting to smell the books when they when they were printed and you have to go to an actual bookstore to get it it was it was just phenomenal it was a great time um and even today i think you know chris ashworth is probably one of my favorites but you know he's straight out of the 90s as well mm -hmm. um i got to meet marion banshees she was she was she was like super nice like really into design really into the craft she was like really shy but um she's just freakishly nice nice human being mm-hmm and are there any um, like non-visual things that uh, that you're also that sort of influence the work that you're doing? I know you mentioned music. Um, yeah. There, anything love, else? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I'm a huge fan of architecture. Okay. Obviously, from Chicago, Mies van der Rohe's like you know just insanely talented. I think what I liked about him is it's essentially a grid, and he's trying to do nothing, but it's still beautiful at the same time. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just odd that you try to copy it and you can't it's like um, three-dimensional graphic design that's that's how i think of it <laughs> yeah yeah um but yeah huge architecture fan i love 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 music you know um mm -hmm. anything punk rock is a blast there's something about bowie like i'm not like you know people are fanatic about bowie They're huge yep. bowie fans but something about that do you like he just was a all-around creative soul like no matter what it was like it was about creativity yeah 
I think Alexander McQueen, the fashion designer, was a lot like that. Like, no matter what, like, he had these crazy ideas and then made all these other things out of it. Um, so those two stand out in addition to architecture. Mm-hmm. Love photography. I love, you know, skateboard cultures, the blast. Mm-hmm. Um, motorcycles are fun. Drinking. Yeah. And, and, um, and one of the questions that we always like to ask our, um, our guest is, um, given that you have Chicago roots, um, something that the Chicago Graphic Design Club is always thinking about is um, just discovering ways to make our community better and connect designers with one another. I think, um, I, I, I feel like the social media and the pandemic and just like uh, various other factors sometimes tend to really put a dent in how people stay connected and i and i and i think i mean i'm i'm sure i'm sure you've experienced this or you've seen it but i think for me when i was a design student when i was a freshman i felt like chicago had a pretty strong community i remember i i remember sometimes even feeling overwhelmed by yeah. how many events were happening. Like I didn't know which ones to go to because there was just so many of them. Mm-hmm. And I'd be like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> I want to go to all of them, but I, yeah. I can't. Um, yeah. And one of the things that that we try to do is, is we try to, yeah, just create these spaces for people to connect and for people to, to grow together and for people to learn, you know, for people to sort of, yeah, no, I get you. Yeah. So um so do you have any observations? Does Francis have any thoughts based on the philosophy of Francis of you know focusing on the work? Yeah, just in Chicago or, or even just in general. Like how do you what do you what do you think the design community in general? Um what do you think how how do you think it could get it could benefit? And what yeah. do you think is needed? Yeah. I think that's a good question i mean like i miss those days a lot you know Mm -hmm. they were a lot of fun he did say like there was a lot of design events and you know they're done all corners of chicago some of them cost money you know Mm -hmm. so it was just it was just a lot it was a lot to do the pandemic has been has been weird um but i did this this getting back to this quarterly report i found it just for this answer but it's from hang on a sec December 27th, I think. And it's uh, a big zero on it. It's like a bleed zero on some cardboard, it looks like. But I remember after Von Oliver died and Vim Corral died, it was, I think it was the same year, it was 2020. And I remember, like, I don't know what it was, but I started to get, like, so depressed about just, like, the end of the year and, like, these design legends died that I personally really liked. And I remember talking to David Carson, ironically, over Instagram about how it was just like a really dark time. And we agreed that we have this need to appreciate each other more instead Mm -hmm. of like stabbing each other back or talking shit about them. And I think Mm -hmm. that's something we don't talk about with that old 90s culture that was there was a great community, but it was also a little bit of like heading, you know, butting heads rather, where I think today if we continue the spirit of outreach and positivity and building each other up, I think that's only going to make it better. Mm-hmm. So I think we just need more of it. Not that it's missing. It just needs to continue and sort of change the way that we 
encourage graphic design to be the thing to like build mm-hmm. each other up through like hey that's a really good thing or hey man that type that type was awesome we mm-hmm. just we just don't do enough of that anymore yeah yeah that's that's one of the i guess that's one of the reasons why the graphic design club actually started is because i felt like there wasn't really a way for people to talk to each other about about design you know i think for a right. long time um i think when it, when i when i graduated from college this was in 2016 um i was i was i was seeing that a lot of design organizations the programming that were that they were putting out was and 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 i think it's essential i think it's is great but like it was mostly focused around um like networking and building your career and like professional development and like you'd have these amazing events where you know you'd get coached on your resume and like how to interview and like how to do all these like soft skills um but then you know when it comes down to it it's like all right like you're you're a nice person um you you could talk about your work like you could do you know you're a decent person but it went from nice to decent. <laughs> nice, decent. I, I think they're both, they mean the same thing. Decent, yeah, nice. Sure. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, like no one, like I, 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 I just really missed seeing, like sitting down with someone and talking about typography and not really coming up with like, not even coming up with answers to our questions, but yeah. if anything, just having more questions yeah. and and for me, I just think that critical critical dialogue is so important, and that and I would say like that's one of the things that I see um, is really missing. But I think like on that note though, like I, I hate giving social media any credit, but like the ability to reach out to someone that you respect as a designer, yeah, it's really easy. So I had I was doing this project, I had to do a. Someone had requested a slab serif to be italicized, uh-huh. and I didn't. I didn't know the answer. You know, I'm like, mm-hmm. can you do that? Like, I wasn't sure. And I've been doing this for twenty something years, and I was just like freaked out. I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to break some cardinal sin of typography and get <laughs> asked that for the rest of my life because I italicized a slab serif. And like, you have so many like great typographers, either Kavanaugh or PK, like the follow you but i remember reaching out to tobias ferry jones and just asking him over instagram yeah if this was logically okay to do <laughs> and i got it i got an answer back you know and he's like you know what i don't know if it's ever been done before but i guess you could do it <laughs> was like his response so you got his blessing so but it, it looked like hell it looked awful so i went back to the original but yeah. i guess the point is like that level of communication mm-hmm. is possible you just need to do it and take the step and mm-hmm. talk about graphic design yeah and i and i think it's 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 surprising how easy some people like i i, I think it's one yes it's really easy to reach out but i but i've also found it very surprisingly surprising how nice people actually are and like how people are actually yeah. willing to respond and i know i, I know I see on your like I see on your Instagram like you seem to be pretty much best friends with David Carson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which well half of that, by the way, is like insane with (laughs) 
don't know why I do this, but sometimes I'll respond <laughs> to them in the comments like I'm actually having a conversation with them. <laughs> like I'll even say to like to Chris Ashworth, like, oh, this looks really cool. Text me later. And I've never, <laughs> like I've never met him what's like never talked to him. But it's kind of funny. But you're right. I think I think you're right. The people like having conversations and as long you like you focus on what you want to focus on if you want to focus on mm -hmm. typography and if it's okay to italicize the slab serif like you know make that step and it's it's a blast just really mm -hmm. fun just i really really love this industry it's a great time yeah that's great it's great to hear um and another question that i have for you um a lot of um well not a lot but there's a good amount of our listeners um that are probably young designers or people, you know, transitioning from like changing careers into design. Um, what sort of advice or what sort of, for anyone that is listening, um, yeah, like what, what, what would you have to, what would you say to someone that is maybe in those, in that first step of their career where they're sort of figuring things out and maybe, you know, feeling a little bit insecure or. Yeah. Feeling like well, an think, imposter or whatever. Well, first of all, that's totally normal. That's the field. That's mm -hmm. the whole the whole concept of creativity is you make something that is true to yourself that only you could have done, and you put all this time into it, mm -hmm. and it's hard, and you're unsure, and is this even going to be good enough? What are they going to think? And then you put it out there, and the very first thing that comes back is a judgment. Mm -hmm. And a lot of creatives are just generally introverts and insecure to begin with so just imagine going through that whole process it's just emotionally mentally draining mm -hmm. but i think for young designers just know that that's okay it's just mm -hmm. absolutely okay to feel that way but on the flip side just stop caring like the mm -hmm. second that you just stop and you just say i just don't give a shit about this and you mm -hmm. just focus on doing something that you believe in Mm -hmm. and it's just beautiful like that to me is a success and if someone doesn't like it and who just just who cares i'm trying to keep it pg for you but <laughs> you know what i mean like once you get over that hurdle of just believing in yourself and making something beautiful i can guarantee you you'll have a very very successful and happy graphic design career yeah and i think something that i see you do very well is that you actually embrace those moments of yeah, like insecurity or frustration or fear. And you sort of, it doesn't seem, I don't, I don't get the impression that you run away from those emotions. I feel like you almost lean into them and you. Yeah, but I mean, that that takes time. But I think it, yeah, for a young designer to realize like you, those are feelings too and they're worthy mm -hmm. of creativity. Mm -hmm. It doesn't always have to be like a beautiful barn on a rolling hill with a sunset behind it. Like, oh, that's pretty. <laughs> You know, like just make something that's beautiful to you and means something. I yeah. think that's the key. Got I it. will say, I think for young designers, though, there's a couple things I wish, like, I wish, I wish young designers would appreciate that it's okay to take time into something that you don't need to just post something. Mm -hmm. It's all right to just take a step back and self critique. I always think like critiquing yourself is sort of missing today because you make something and you post it 
Mm-hmm. You don't it's like you don't realize like you know what man like likes and followers like none of that stuff matters the time or frequency of you post like none of that matters. So if you don't like it yet or not confident, you know, pick it up tomorrow. Like I don't know, there's, there's no point in trying to rush through something when you can appreciate that really good design sometimes takes a really long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like those answers. So we're almost at time, um, but I have um, a few, just a few more questions. Um, so, and, th- and these are hopefully going to be some fun questions, but if you could only use one typeface for the rest of your life, what would it be? That's a horrible question. That's an absolutely horrible question. How can you... I don't know. Like the easy answer is to pick something with a million families, like universe or something. <laughs> I mean, you have like everything you need. But like, wow, that's gonna get boring after a while. And then I would say maybe Futura, because I really like it. But then so does the entire planet. And I'm like, all right, maybe that's gonna get old. And then you could do a really, you know, it'd be cool if you picked uh, mm-hmm. Dido like a really like old school serif that you could like break and cut and bend and have all these different shapes to it. There's something about putting those, those really thin serifs together and make, it's almost like it becomes like a painting. Mm -hmm. All these curves and serifs are just beautiful shapes. Yeah. So I probably just pick universe. Okay. And I know that you, you've been, I don't know what the, what the update is, but I know you've been working on a, and a typeface for some time. Oh um, my god! Oh my god, dude, that's horrible. <laughs> over two years, I keep working on it. I I hate to say it, but I think I might have to start over. <laughs> <laughs> like it's going to look exactly the same. The whole point is, I was trying to do this slab serif that wasn't too heavy, but not too light either. Mm-hmm. So like, there's these great slabs out there. But like, yeah. could you do something that was just slightly more refined, but not too far where it felt too thin either? Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, oh man, did that defeat the whole purpose of a slab serif then? Which it probably does. But yeah. then I got like really into some of the letter forms. And I always remember from the movie Helvetica, you know, about the fact that like it's not it's not the shape of the letter, but it's the shape in between the letters that really make up typography. And now like the more that i think about it i just like re- i just really don't like it anymore yeah i don't know, <laughs> I don't know. it's just really hard you've got like i said you've got pk and jackson Cavanaugh as part of as part of that club or speakers but it's just re- it's really really tough yeah I just i just want to start over i don't know if they ever feel like that yeah i think because uh, I, I i've tried designing a typeface in the past and i think i sort of gave up on trying to make it look good and sort of went the opposite route and and i'm almost trying to see how bad i could like how bad of a job i could do and just yeah just flipping it in reverse um because yeah i agree and i think and i think there's there's just so many typefaces out there and i think but that's the same as the the industrial designer saga like do we need another yeah is we need another typeface. I don't know. And then on the flip side, it's like once you actually do it and you realize how hard it is, mm-hmm. 
then you just are more appreciative of the fact that really great typefaces exist. Yeah. That's actually another piece of advice for young designers is buy a typeface, like actually go and buy it and you'll actually appreciate all the time it takes to mm -hmm. make it. And then you'll appreciate in the design because you spent money on it. It's yours and you're going to actually care for every single letter. And I think that's just a really nice lesson to not only appreciate typographers, but appreciate the time it takes to do really good graphic design. Yeah, I agree. Um, another question is who or what would be, yeah, who would be your dream clients? Um, what would Francis love to work on? What would that client be and what would that project be? I don't know. I got one of my favorite artists is Egon Sheila. But we had to design like the logo for the website and it was all of his merchandise. And I just wrote them out of the blue. I'm like, hey man, can I just remake this logo? It's just not good. Mm -hmm. And they're like, sure. But, you know, I made like, I don't know, a hundred of them. But that was a blast. That was, that was a lot of fun. I would say any client that is open to anything, it sounds really really dumb but those you know those clients that just trust you and they believe in you and they already like your aesthetic and they just want to give you a runway to make something like mm -hmm. i don't really care what industry it's in it's it's those clients that appreciate hard work and graphic design mm -hmm. and just the spirit of creativity are the ones that i really get excited about and they're they want to see you try things and they want to see you fail and they want to see you be really proud of something that you made and you made it for them. Mm -hmm. Those are great clients. Yeah, I agree. Um, another question is what is your favorite? Um, do you have a favorite medium or material that you like to work with? Um, I know you use a lot of glue tape. Does paper count? I guess. Yeah. You can say paper. Paper yeah. for sure. Paper. I have so much paper. That was part of our, part of our, our, our BFA degree was learning. We had Mohawk paper reps come in and they would teach us about paper, just like yeah. the weirdest thing. We like feel all the stuff and we learn about weights and we learn about, you know, the coding and uncoded. And I remember specifically about one of my professors telling me about uncoded paper and printing serif typography and having the ink fill up, you know, the the hole in the A. Mm -hmm. Like you as a designer have to think about that. Like, is this going to be a problem? Is the in the paper stock and all this stuff? So I don't know. I was always just fascinated by paper. <laughs> yeah. I remember at my at one of my previous jobs, we used to do a lot of um printed printed work. And there was like a paper specialist that would come in. And he was always dressed really nice, like just very like everything, just super polished. Like he looked like he was going to a wedding and um, and he'd have a little briefcase and he'd open it up and it was just like stacks of really luxurious paper. And yeah. he'd like laid on the floor and he or on the on the table and he'd have like uh, gloves and he'd be like handling it and like explaining to you like the differences between like these two papers that looked identical. Um right but somehow, you know, work differently with ink. and. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I love that stuff. I still print out a lot of my, a lot of my work that I 
you know, fine tune on the computer. So I'll do a lot of like the textures and the materials. I do a lot of that, you know, the, with a cutting board and tape and glue and paper and ink. And I have like three or four bottles of these different values of ink washes that I like to spray and then paint with once the paper is soaking wet. Mm -hmm. I let that dry and then usually I'll scan that in but then sometimes I like to do the typesetting or a longer text on the computer just because it's you know it's impossible mm -hmm. to get that same level of clarity I think it's smaller point size yeah and then just a few more questions um what would be the what would be the one film that would sort of encapsulate the spirit of Francis Man, that's like the best question. <laughs> pass. Pass. Can you, you pass? pass. I don't know. No, you can't. Because there's so I have so I have so many. Or so just many the first people. one that comes to mind. I don't know, man. Anything by David Byrne, I'll probably say. Or go yeah. back to the original like Twin Peaks series from the nineties. Okay. Got it. I think that's 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 i don't want to say that's a good answer because that was my answer but the, the whole point <laughs> like it, that's when it took place but it also had so much structure to it yeah but then it was also psychotic at the same time yeah. not a film tv series but yeah, yeah twin peaks okay it's a great soundtrack just everything about it is oh. like a, it's a it's a whole world whole universe it gets back to like the the bowie conversation we had i mean just the fact that that guy like changed personalities mm -hmm. and had a whole album as this other persona was just so cool i don't know yeah he's i would say like david bowie for me he's one of those artists that it's when whenever i'm seeing him like perform or listening to his music i just automatically feel charged to go make something like you, you yeah. could just feel the his level of commitment and like everything that he did like he just i mean I, I think there's it's something superhuman about someone that produced so much work yeah. not just music but film and and yeah. paintings and everything like he's Those incredible yeah um all right so and then a similar question what would be the um the music album that would sort of also encapsulate the spirit <laughs> of Francis. These are <laughs> horrible. Pass again. <laughs> you can't pass. There's... Oh my god. I don't know. I mean, I just talked about Bowie, but okay. I don't know. I look okay. that's just this is way too long of an answer. How about I'll give you the short version? There's this artist out perfume genius perfume genius. Okay. He, he just i don't know he just has this really great who cares attitude with beautiful music on top of it yeah and how could you not how could you not appreciate that yeah this person making something beautiful and it's their own point of view and mm -hmm. they just don't give it about what anybody else thinks and i guess just before we wrap up, if anyone wants to get in touch with you or find you or anything like that, um, yeah, how do people get a hold of Francis? Uh, Instagram, what is it? Design, do you say the at? You don't say the at, do you? At sign, the commercial at, A, it's an at sign, 
yep. design dot francis and then mm -hmm. i think the website is francis dot design yeah that's correct but yeah design dot francis <laughs> on instagram you know what's a funny story is i tried getting francis but it's like this italian it's like this italian yacht manufacturer that's named <laughs> francis and i get these emails like in italian every like i don't know like once a month that's all about like the yachting industry <laughs> <laughs> well very similar it's a to, face. to yeah. what you do I actually I have I have a few books on uh the artist Francis Bacon. Oh yeah. And um okay. and I always like see the spine of the book and it just always makes me think that it's their books about Francis you because it, it'll just say Francis along the spine. Yeah, I um, appreciate that. Yeah. I didn't do anything, <laughs> but thank you. <laughs> Awesome. Cool. Well, this was great. And I'm glad that we um, finally got a chance to do this. Yeah. Thank you very much. I mean, Any... just to sort of back up Carl and Bob, I think, the, I mean, this has just been an honor and the people that you've had on both the podcasts and the live show have just been phenomenal. So to be included, I think is, yeah, it's a really great thing. So thank you for the time and, and keep doing what you're doing. I like, like I told you before, email, I think it's it's really important to keep pushing graph design and, you know, getting the next generations interested in the craft and the industry. So thanks for doing all this. For sure. Thank you for being a part <laughs> of it. It's because of, of you guys that this is possible by myself. This would be, yeah, it wouldn't be anything. So.